0: Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as healthy and safe and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and pets that are important to you. I am ecstatic to be able to tell you that my ninth novel, Insatiable Rejects, is now available for purchase worldwide in both ebook and paperback formats via Amazon. And, as with all my novels, if you buy the paperback edition through Amazon, you will get the ebook version for free. The last time I checked, Insatiable Rejects was not yet available at Barnes & Noble, but it should be shortly and may very well be by the time you're listening to this. So, if you don't use Amazon, hang tight. It will soon be showing up at barnesandnoble.com. Any moment now. My new novel was reviewed and it went up for sale over the weekend at Amazon this past Sunday morning. I tweeted out the announcement of the new book's availability and included a link to it. And uh, in less than five hours, that tweet had been retweeted ten times, and I was thrilled. My promotional tweet has since been retweeted even more times. And I am beyond grateful for the assistance I've got from friends on social media promoting this new book. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who's helped promote Insatiable Rejects. I sincerely appreciate your help. Just as I've done in past years, I promise I will tweet out a personalized thank you to everyone retweets my book announcement tweet if you're on twitter and you haven't retweeted my insatiable rejects book announcement tweet and you want to do your old pal andy a solid please take a moment to find me on twitter i uh, i promise uh, my tweet will be near the top of my timeline i'm at andy mascola over there on twitter you can't miss me i promise that everyone who retweets the promo tweet will get a personalized thank you tweet from me If you're on Goodreads, you can find Insatiable Rejects there. Please add it to your want-to-read queue. That will uh, let everyone who follows you on Goodreads know that you have amazing taste. Uh, What else can I tell you? Insatiable Rejects, the ninth novel by me, Andy Mascola, is available now. Track it down online and buy it. This is the funniest story I've ever written. If you're a fan of body humor, that's B-A-W-D-Y. I promise you will not be disappointed. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the Quirky theme song. Hello, people are the enemy listeners. This is episode 192 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. I am an independently published author, which means that I have to rely on my my creativity to come up with ways to promote my works and my latest book Insatiable Rejects is is doesn't have a publicist. It's It's all being promoted by me, mostly by social media, and any platform that I have, and this podcast is my platform. As such, I am going to read you a chapter of Insatiable Rejects uh, for your listening entertainment, and in the hopes that if you haven't uh, decided to purchase it yet, you will hear this chapter and say, this is for me. I'm buying this book. Anyway, this is a, a random chapter of the book. It's called The Date It features a a date between the protagonist and story's narrator, Chip Watson, a 40-something-year-old divorcee, uh, and uh, a 20-something-year-old woman that he meets named Ashley. Uh, And so this is is, uh, the date. I drove to Ashley's apartment building, arriving just after 7. Before I'd even pulled to a complete stop, R.C., Ashley's German Shepherd, was in the window of her unit with his front paws up on the sill, barking in my direction. I looked up to see her pull the dog in by his collar. She gave me a wave. I waved back and smiled. I could only see her from the waist up. She was wearing a dark pea coat. I took this as a sign she'd be out sooner rather than later. I remembered how long it would sometimes take Vivienne to get ready to leave the house. Anytime we were expected somewhere, I'd always lie and tell her we were supposed to be there 30 minutes before we were scheduled to arrive so that we'd only be maybe 10 or 15 minutes late tops. For a moment, I considered shutting the truck's engine off, but decided against it. For one thing, I didn't want Ashley to think I was waiting to be invited in, and, for another, I didn't want the cabin of the Ford to get cold. It was night, and the temperature was steadily dropping. I continued to watch the window of Ashley's unit. After about three minutes, the light went off. Less than a half minute later, she came out the front door of her building. Under the peacoat, she was wearing tight, dark jeans tucked into a pair of short brown boots. Her wavy, honey-colored, shoulder-length hair was parted to one side. The wind blew it back, exposing her cute ski-jump nose and that slightly protruding upper lip. I leaned over and pushed the passenger side door open. Hi, Ashley said as she stepped up and into the truck. She smelled great, like a mix of flowers and ginger. Hi, yourself, I said, repeating the lines she'd texted. She laughed. Did you have tuna? I felt my face drop. How did you know? I brushed my teeth and used mouthwash and everything. She laughed even harder. Oh, it's not your breath. It's just in the air. I can smell it. Do you like tuna? I asked. Ashley made a face and shook her head. I was crestfallen, not because I was hoping for a kiss at the end of the night, but more because my kitchen skills were sorely limited, and tuna casserole was one of only about seven things I knew how to make. If there was going to be any chance of future dates that involved me preparing dinner, I was going to have to come up with a more complicated dish. Where are we going? she asked as I turned the truck around at the end of the cul-de-sac and headed away from her building. I figured I'd let you choose. There are only a couple places I know of that are open right now. Both are diners. One's Lucky Pete's, and the other is the Black Kite. Let's go to the Black Kite, she said. I've never been. Have you? Yeah, I've been. It's been a while, but I'm not much of a cook, so I can safely give you the menu of pretty much any eatery in town, so long as they serve fries. What's so special about fries? Do you have to have them with every meal? No, it's just... You know how when you go to a fancy restaurant or a restaurant that specializes in a very specific cuisine, there won't be fries on the menu? I guess? I don't know. I I remember once attending a birthday party at a sushi restaurant in the city for my ex-wife, who was still my girlfriend at the time. Anyway, her father had planned the whole thing. It was a surprise party, and I just looked at the menu and was completely lost. I was getting frustrated and couldn't understand why I wasn't able to find something I wanted to eat, and I came to the conclusion that all the restaurants I frequent offer fries with just about every meal. Well, I mean, if you're not a sushi fan or if you'd never had it, I can see how that could be an issue. Yeah, I mean that was part of it. I I'd had sushi. My ex-wife had introduced me to it. I wasn't a fan, still not. And and there were at least a few alternatives on the menu, like soups and salads, but. Because there weren't any french fries offered, I just found myself getting frustrated and angry. It was in that moment I realized how pedestrian my tastes were. You know what I mean? I mean, if every time you eat out you just get a sandwich or chicken fingers, you probably get used to fries. That's what I'm saying. I was just so used to getting fries with whatever I ordered. It was like the safety net. At the very least, I could always just get fries. So what did you end up doing? I just ate fucking sushi, I said. Ashley laughed. I mean, it was my girlfriend's birthday. I wasn't going to be a dick and throw a fit or be a stubborn piece of shit and just not eat, you know. Uh, I had to go with the flow. That's one thing you'll find out about me. What's that? I'm not a stubborn piece of shit. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, sure, I'm depressed because I essentially live the same day over and over, showing up to the same job again and again for years just because it's what's familiar. "'I mean, I have to keep the job in order to pay my bills, "'but I should be able to break out of my routine. "'But I never do.' "'Ashley was looking at me and nodding, humoring me. "'Sure you can,' she said sarcastically. "'Are you fucking with me?' I asked, smiling. "'Nah,' she said. "'Mind if I smoke?' "'Go ahead,' I said. "'So you don't see doing the same things over and over "'as a sign of stubbornness?' Ashley asked as she lit a cigarette. "'I'm not stubborn. I'm structured.' Oh, come on, Chip, Ashley said as she laughed and rolled the passenger side window down. Okay, okay, so doing things repetitively may be a sign of stubbornness. I'll cop to that. But I'm not going to keep this routine up forever. Yeah? I'm going to take some time off and travel. Where to? Where to? I repeated. I realized in that moment how crazy it would sound if I told Ashley I was potentially going with an unemployed, deranged, middle-aged, local lunatic whom I barely knew to a server farm in order to destroy some computers that held raw footage of me unknowingly walking in on and subsequently becoming part of a pornographic fetish film. I laughed and rubbed my eye with the palm of my hand. I don't know what I'm saying, I said, shaking my head. So what about you? What about me? Ashley asked. Are you stubborn? Uh, I wouldn't say stubborn. No, I I can be high maintenance. Oh yeah? How so? you see my hair? Yeah, I said, turning to her and smiling. It looks great, right? Sure, I said, shrugging. Ashley's mouth dropped open. Sure. Sure, she repeated in mock disbelief. I laughed. My hair looks great, right? Yeah, I mean, okay, it looks great, I said. Ashley gave me a look as if she didn't believe I was being honest. Yeah, it looks great. Jeez, it looks great, sincerely. Well, I don't know if you're being truthful or not, but it takes a lot of work to get my hair to look this good. Yeah? Yeah! I have shampoo and conditioner, and I use a special spray and a special brush and a curling iron and a hairdryer with an attachment. It's a lot of work. I'm high maintenance. You know what I use? On, On my hair, I mean, I said. She looked at my head. Can you turn on the light? I turned on the light. Can I touch it? She asked. "'Go ahead,' I said and leaned toward her slightly. She pushed the fingers of her left hand through my small amount of hair. "'Okay, I'll guess,' she said. "'Nothing.' "'Nothing?' I said, faking anger. Ashley laughed. "'I mean,' she said, and then she sniffed the fingers on her left hand and laughed even harder as I made a face of shock. "'I mean, it smells clean, I guess. "'It smells clean, you guess,' I said in an an exaggeratedly perturbed way. "'How long does it take you to get ready?' "'How long does it take me to get ready, like, every day?' "'Yeah, well, no. How long did it take you to get ready for this?' she asked. "'You mean, like, what we're doing right now, like me picking you up and going to a diner?' "'Yeah,' Ashley said. "'Oh, man. I mean, I got ready this morning, and it took me about a half hour,' I said. "'No, but, like, tonight, before you came and picked me up, how long did it take you to get ready?' I mean, I brushed my teeth for a good three minutes and flossed and used mouthwash before I left the house, I said. Ashley laughed. Wait, so you got ready this morning to do whatever it is you did all day, and you just stayed in what you're wearing now? And all you did before you came to pick me up was brush your teeth? Is that what you're telling me? Are you mad? I asked. No, Ashley said. I guess I'm just a little envious. It's hard to be a girl, right? Sometimes, yeah, Ashley said. I shut the light off inside the cabin of the truck. I pulled the pickup into the Black Height Diner and parked in a well-lit spot close to the entrance. So, I assume you can get fries here, Ashley said as she got out. This is a diner. You can pretty much get anything here, I said. Are you hungry? Are you? she asked. Yeah, I can always eat, I said. We walked up the stairs to the diner and I held the door open for her. Down the aisle, between the rows of tables, we found an open booth and sat opposite each other. "'So, do you, like, only eat subs and donuts?' she asked. "'Subs and donuts? You forgot tuna sandwiches.' "'That's a lot of carbs. How do you stay so skinny? Do you work out?' "'No, I guess I just have a good metabolism. I mean, I don't know how to cook anything too complicated. I heat up pasta and make myself tuna salad and eat cereal or an egg sandwich for breakfast.' you're lucky. A lot of people can't eat like that and stay thin. Yeah, I guess I am lucky. I mean, my job is kind of physical, I suppose. I I get a lot of exercise delivering the tables and chairs and stools and stuff my aunt and uncle make, and I have to pick up wood at a lumberyard a couple times a week. So maybe it's a little of both. What's good here? Ashley asked as she looked over the menu that doubled as a placemat. You want to split an order of fries? I asked. A waitress took our order, and a minute later brought out two decaf coffees and a basket of fries. So, how's your car? I asked as I added cream and sugar to my coffee. Not good. Sugar? I said, offering Ashley the glass shaker. She shook her head. How did you get it out of the grindhouse lot? I ended up calling my ex, and he drove it to my brother's house. He drove it? Yeah. The axle was shot. That tire must have grinded the entire drive over. It did. I drove his car behind him. It was slow going. I kept the hazard lights on. It's a wonder he didn't get pulled over, I said. Ashley smiled and looked to the side mischievously as she sipped her coffee. What? My ex is a cop, she said. Oh, okay, well, that explains why he didn't get pulled over. Yeah, so anyway. Anyway, I repeated. My brother's friend is a mechanic and he's going to come by and have a look this week. How have you been getting around? I asked. A neighbor has been driving me. That must be nice. I suppose it is. I mean, it would be nicer if I didn't feel like I was putting her out. I mean, if we were carpooling or something, like, if I were somehow returning the favor, it'd be better. I mean, I offered her cash for gas, but she won't take it, so I feel like a scrub. Maybe if she'd let me contribute, I wouldn't feel so guilty. You know what I mean? It's an oddly passive-aggressive thing when someone pays for you or refuses to take your money. Like... If you're a conscientious person who believes in fairness, you're going to feel, like, bad if someone won't take your dough, but they're not going to feel anything. Or maybe they feel a bit superior to you. That's not cool. Ashley took a sip of her coffee. Just let people pay, you know what I mean? We both picked at the fries a bit. So, I said. So, she said. Was the cop the guy you were in love with? No, she said before taking a long sip of her coffee. But the cop knew him. Yeah? Derek, the one and only guy I've ever been in love with, was Shady. Yeah? Yeah. What was he into? Well, when I first met him, I was 19, and he was 23. He was mysterious and quiet. He always had cash, but he'd never tell me what he did for a living. He'd always say something like, I'm in business. Anyway, I soon found out the reason he had so much cash all the time was because he broke into cars. He was a car thief? Not exactly. He and his buddy would go into the city late at night and break into cars and take whatever they could find. Usually phones. Sometimes they'd find a gun. You'd be surprised what people leave in their cars. So, would they sell the stuff they found? Yeah, they'd sell it. Where? I don't know. Maybe online. Maybe. Anyway, I went with them once. To break into cars? Yeah. Did you join in? No, they invited me to, but I was chicken. I waited while they went up and down the street. They were good at it. I could tell where they were because I'd see the interior lights come on when they'd find a car that was unlocked. So it was love, huh? Yeah, I mean, the larceny was exciting, but that wasn't why I loved him. Ashley closed her eyes for a long moment. What happened to Derek? He and his accomplice, Chris, came across a big bag of oxy in one of the cars. Neither of them did drugs. I told Derek I would break up with him if he ever did. My dad was an opioid addict. Fortunately, Derek and Chris were only interested in money, so they decided to sell the pills. Oh, dear, I said. Oh, dear is right. They started to ask around and eventually found a buyer. Let me guess, an undercover cop. I wish it had been a cop. If it had been an undercover cop, Derek would still be alive. Turned out the guy they were selling the pills to was the same guy they stole the pills from. Well, not him directly, but one of his dealers. Anyway, long story short, the guy shot and killed Derek. What happened to Chris? He got away, told me what happened. I was devastated. Damn. The waitress brought the bill and put it in the center of the table. We both grabbed for it. My hand landed on it first. Ashley's hand fell on top of mine. She left it there. I left mine. We looked at each other and laughed. Dutch, she asked. If that's what won't make you hate me, I said. I pulled up to Ashley's building and put the truck in park. I let the engine run. I was parked at the end of the walkway that led to the front door of her building. Thanks for hanging out, she said. Thank you for hanging out, I said. Are you really going to travel, she asked. I shrugged. I guess I'll decide when the time comes. Do me a favor, she said. I took my hands off the steering wheel, turned, and looked at her. If you're truly serious about breaking your routine, when someone asks you to go somewhere, go. She leaned over and gave me a small kiss on the cheek. Then she opened the passenger side door and hopped out of the truck. That was it, folks. I uh, I hope you check out Insatiable Rejects. I'm very proud of this book. This has been episode 192 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascoli. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for helping me promote Insatiable Rejects. Go buy the book. We love you. Peace.